Welcome back, fellas, to sports political discussion. Restart that. That was horrible. <laughs> Brooks. Brooks. That was terrible. What? Why was Brooks. that horrible? That was right, so guys. bad. Um, so we're just going to ignore what Brooks said, and we're keeping that phenomenal intro. Everyone, uh, if you can, uh, I don't know what uh, platform you're using, but if you can comment on it, say Brooks is a clown for uh, that statement right there. Slim, wonderful job. Uh, if you'd like to continue, go right ahead. <clears throat> Brooks. Folks, as I said, it's episode three, and the college basketball season is coming to a close, my friends. One week left for the Power Five conferences, and then it's tournament time, all right? It's time where we're going to see automatic bids, and, and you never know. We could see a team like Oregon State or a team like Georgia Tech from last year. It's going to get crazy, fellas. Let's dive into it. Okay, but let's not act like Georgia Tech wasn't going to be in the tournament of, uh, until the conference tournament. You know, they they s- certainly they gained some stock in their seed, but they were a lock for the tournament. Agreed. Okay. I just wanted to point that out. Still crazy. Yeah, yeah Tech sucks and everything they do. Go dogs. <laughs> All right, guys. Brooksy, what's on deck for you? Um, Well, I'm currently trying to find the Baylor-Texas game, but it's just not showing up. All right. Well, um, I think our first order of business here today is uh, we've got to discuss quite – not even quite possibly – the most insane uh, Saturday of college basketball of all time, if we're being honest here, because – uh, we had six, the top six seeds uh, all lost, and the uh, number ninth ranked team in the nation also went down. So seven of the top ten teams in the nation fell uh, this weekend. And uh, what is everyone what, like? What are what is everyone's first takeaway from that? Whoever wants to go, just speak up. I am happy to see that Gonzaga lost. Frauds. Yeah, see, that take I just don't agree with at all. I don't care what conference they're in. Everyone knows Gonzaga's a threat going into this tournament. I went over that last week, so I feel like I don't even really need to dive into that, you know. Holmgren, Timmy, really all you yeah, need home, going into Holmgren March. really showed up big time in that game, huh? Off night, man. Off night. I mean, we look at the winners from this weekend. You got the Duke Blue Devils, clearly a winner. You know, they, they, uh, all they had to do was win a game and they jump right back into position to be a one seed. And in our SPD weekly poll, we had them at four. Um, and collectively, that would put them on the one line. So this is a team, Duke, ultra talented. I talked about it last week, but, um, you know, they are potentially going to, control their own destiny in a region, most likely in Philadelphia, which is pretty close to home. So Duke is looking to be in good shape right now. Yeah, I feel like Duke uh, would be the second uh, biggest winner of the weekend. But the Baylor Bears, uh, obviously, are a team that comes to mind, jumping up from uh, 10 to 3 on the AP poll. And obviously, uh, some of the stuff – that's been going on with the AP poll recently hasn't exactly been the most favorable, but 
uh, regardless, huge jump, which is shocking to see late in the season, especially I feel like, because even though they just got their uh, one and one split against Kansas, um, I had them at five, which is still a relatively large jump, but this late in the season, you don't really see uh, teams climbing up the ladder just like that, especially with all these, you know, similar records and stuff. So uh, Baylor uh, now in the one line for uh, based on the AP poll and uh, putting themselves in a position to repeat as the one seed and give themselves the best opportunity to try to go back to back here come March. Yeah, Drew, you know, you made some really good points there about the jump. And I've been kind of waiting this year to see a jump like that. One team that I think, uh, you know, that has been deserving to make a jump, has not made that jump. You know, they've kind of been ranked in the mid-20s to 10s. You know, it was Wisconsin. I was kind of hoping they'd make a jump. They did. They went up three spots. Um, so, you know, that's cool. But but the Baylor Bears, Drew, even if they get a one seed, will not be going back to the final four. They will be a team that I am jumping on that second round eight seed game on ESPN Tournament Challenge. But uh, let's, let's go to my, my takeaway from this weekend. My main takeaway from this weekend, seeing all those top dogs go down, uh, there's only one left. And that's the Murray State Racers. The Murray State Racers, folks, are the hottest team in college basketball. And they're the best team, all right? When you got a guy like K.J. Williams who can lead the show, anything's possible come March. And I think the – what are they? The 22 ranking is complete BS. This is a team that just dropped a 33-point victory over Belmont, who is a pretty good program in the OVC, and they held them to 43 points, which, you know, it's a team like Belmont who has six losses. That is some very superior defense, my friends. And I don't care about Southeast Missouri State. They won, Brooks. No, no but care. here's the point. Here's the point. Do, did you even know that Southeast Missouri State was a school? No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you go on recruiting visits there for a golf meth? No, Titans picked a guy from there. Uh, but here's the thing. If you win by 33, I'd like to see a follow-up win by more than two points against Southeast Missouri State, a team with a losing record. In a bad conference. Well, well, well. Murray State has the best record in the nation, the best record in in, in sports. They have the best record in sports, folks. Um, twenty eight and two. This is the best team in sports. Here. And they might just go off in March. Just saying. Um, and Will. I know Mefford knows that as well. Will so um Hello. something that uh jumps off the page for me when it comes to um, Murray State and the fact that you rank them at one is uh, the past few weeks you've been a big uh, user of talking about uh, quad one, you know, wins, all that, uh, all the net rankings, all that jazz. Uh, Murray State is two and one in quad one, not to mention the fact that they have a quad three loss. And I'm not saying that negates them as a top, you know, 20 team I had them I think I actually updated my ranking since we submitted yesterday and I think I actually moved them up to around I think 17 or 18 but um if you look at based on like the current rankings um Duke 
appears to be the only uh, solidified, I believe, top 15 team with a single quad three loss. And Duke is also five and one in quad one, whereas uh, Murray State is only two and one. So I'm struggling to see where like the consistency is with uh, some of the stuff that you've been saying in the past to this sudden change of uh, opinion on how you're doing your ranks. Like that's a drastic difference. So does that sort of just like negate things that you've been saying in the past? Because you're not using those net rankings really at all when you're putting Murray State at one. Hold on a second, Drew. I've had Murray State completely climbing the rankings over these past few weeks. I think I had them at five, then at three, and now at one. I've been using the same algorithm the whole entire time. My only flip has been from those top 25 wins to the quad one wins because I actually recently learned that the quad one wins change. Uh, when I was looking at Wisconsin's one, which is, which is genius, and I love that because I've always been kind of a – a hater of the top 25 wins because it's like, oh, a team could be ranked one to start the season and then win no games. And you'd be like, oh, we beat the number one ranked team. So, so yeah, quad wins are awesome and all that. But, yeah, I, I rank with an algorithm. It's clearly based off of record. And, you know, 68 teams make it make it into March, and, and I'm just kind of smooth with these rankings. So where, right, why did state. Wyoming drop from 11 in your rankings to just unranked? Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. Um, I, I will admit the 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 Wyoming ranking was that was a load that that was a load that was delusional for my part. All right, no, fair, no other answer. Fair. I just don't I don't understand how you can see Murray State and think they can compete with the top teams like Gonzaga, <laughs> Arizona, Baylor, Duke, Auburn. When the only time they faced a top team like that, they lost by thirteen. And which isn't bad. I mean, Auburn by 13 on the road. Uh, All right. Well, it's because they, the reason they can compete with those teams is because they have three guys that, they're, they're, as you like to always bring up, is a three-man team, two-man team. It's a three-man team. All right, like a three legit dudes team. They have the talent, too, in my eyes. All right. Um, I'm just going to be real. This debate is a little uh, too monotone for the severity of this. Slim. How is Murray State out of the Ohio Valley Conference the number one team in the nation? Up here. Do they have a single I, I, player? I, I, do they have a single player that's going to get drafted next year? That has nothing to do with anything. That was that. What was that? The lack of talent. The lack of talent that they okay, have. I'll, I'll admit, K- KJ Williams talent. and I'll admit KJ Williams and Tevin Brown are good, but outside of them, I don't see a guy who's going to step up. Justice Hill, who leads them in no, assists, no. he's a playmaker. All right, well, Drew, that that comment right there with the, the whole NBA draft thing, we we know as as fans and watchers of the game that college basketball like player rankings and levels of talent are completely different from NBA draft ready players like Chet Holmgren. If I'm playing the Zags, this guy is the number one draft prospect right now. If I'm playing the Zags, if the Bachelor playing the Zags, I am not worried about that dude at all. Oh my! Okay. Oh my oh god! Oh my god! I'm. I'm Chet, I'll admit Chet Holmgren would be averaging like 25 and 15 in the Ohio Valley Conference, dude. What? And I'll admit, Chet, I, I'm not a huge Chet Holmgren guy. I just don't like his frame. But dude, you didn't. Not so worry awesome. about him at all. Just push him off to the side. Let him be a role player. Is what you're saying? Yeah, he doesn't impress me at all in the college game. I understand the potential, but I'm not scared of him at all. I'm more scared of Drew Timmy. 
no, but no, that's fair. That, guess, that's fair. Guess who's that's way fair. more NBA ready player? Jalen. No, that's fair. I agree that Drew Timmy yeah, but- is probably the better college player. Now that could go either way, but to say you're not going to account for Chet Holmgren in a game is probably the most laughable thing you've ever said. Coming from a guy that said Murray State's number one. Like, oh my gosh. The yeah. thing, the difference is you, when we say, you know, obviously the younger guys are the more highly touted NBA prospect, but you can have four year players that are like big names for multiple years. Like, uh, who's a good example? Like Frank Mason, right? Frank Mason, I'm not sure if he was a four-year player, three at least. And he um, still was able to get some time, you know, on NBA teams. He was either, I believe, one second here. Um, he was with the Kings for a little bit. He was on the Kings. Sure. I know that. Yeah. He was drafted round two, pick 34. So he was a early second-round pick after spending a lot of time in college basketball. So he's one of those guys that comes to mind when I think of, you know, those long tenured players, but that those guys still get drafted at, at respectable spots too. So like I don't, so that my point with the NBA draft thing is like, are any of these Murray state guys going to be even a, a second rounder, even in that, the early second, like once, once again, that has absolutely nothing to do. Look at what's his name, Amos from Oral Roberts. Is that guy going to be drafted to the NBA? Okay, but is, is Oral Roberts your number one team in the country, though? No, but they went to the Sweet Sixteen as a 15th seed, dude. So, so you're telling me, about. you're telling me, Murray State will have a successful run as your current number one team if they make it to the Sweet Sixteen? Is that is that what you're saying here? Um, to the world. It would be a successful run. Let's let's take it back. To, oh, let's take to it me, back. To me, I think it's here. to me, I think it's elite eight or bust. Let's take it back here. Okay. Twenty twenty one. All four teams had a first round pick in the final four. Twenty uh, nineteen. More of the same. I think you know you can say all you want about how like. Some of these dudes aren't NBA-ready players, but they have a significant impact. But year in and year out, the teams with the most NBA talent are the ones that advance to the Final Four. There's a few, there's certainly a few exceptions, like Duke 2019 comes to mind. They had a boatload of talent, but they didn't make it. You know what? The other four teams that were in the tournament also had a boatload of, of NBA talent on their rosters. I'm just saying, like, you know, you can – appreciate toughness of players from teams like Murray State. And I think Murray State could make a run. I, I don't disagree with you on that fact. But let's just say the correlation between NBA prospects on Final Four teams is not something to ignore. Uh, I mean, I, I can tell you one thing, and it's that Duke basketball right now has like four or five first-rounders. And I can tell you right now, those guys will not be making a deep run into March by any means. <laughs> Wow. Is anyone making a deep run into yeah, March? Yeah, I was gonna say who if the who are, who is your national title favorite right now? My national title favorite right now. This is probably gonna be off of you know who do I like most in the tournament? Um, can't be Murray State yet. Definitely not the Zags, but uh, I'm gonna have to give it to 
either probably Providence or Arizona. I'm going to go with Providence. I'm just struggling to see the lack of consistency in your rankings and your picks and in your takes. Providence? Well, it, it clearly all pans out because I'm first in picks. So. And I know how to see the game. Let's I, move I, on. I Let's move on. I have, a, I have a question for you guys. Providence no. is 24 and three in the in the Big East, by the way, and they have a bunch of players. They're a good team. They don't have one guy that's going to take you off the dribble. Maybe Bynum, but I don't see. Oh my him. God. I don't see him. I cannot I've wait seen, to. I cannot wait I've to bring Al back Durham the take game. dudes off the Al, dribble. Al Durham's not taking time. dudes off the dribble. When I when I'm looking at a team that's going to succeed in March, I I want to see, and this isn't the case for every like Final Four team, but I want to see a guy that can spot up from any space or any spot on the floor, like a Max A. Smith, like a Carson Edwards, like a Cam Thomas, like some of those guys. I don't see that in Providence. I don't see that in Murray State. I got a question for you guys. How many yep. teams do you realistically think can win it all? Go, so go through your rankings. I'll start so you guys can have some time and just list the well, teams. Off the top of my head, I just want to say 68 because of – how wild this season's been, but okay. Let's look here. Reasonable. Um, I've got 12. 12 teams that I think can win it all. Um, I'll run through them. Gonzaga, Arizona. Arizona's fringe. Uh, Auburn, Duke, Baylor. Kentucky, Kansas, Arkansas. Villanova, Illinois, UCLA, Texas, and Alabama. Those are my 12 teams. All right. So I would say I had uh, pretty uh, – I would have pretty similar ones. I don't see Alabama uh, being one of those teams. But um, I feel like the rest of it, I agree with uh, – I didn't hear you say Texas Tech, who I feel like. Definitely make a run as like a three, potentially three or two, depending on how the Big 12 tournament pans out. But besides that, I feel like like I like the Illinois and UCLA picks towards the bottom there. They've got a lot of star power on those teams. And UCLA, especially with all the experience, is one of the favorites going into this. Yep. They're an easy sweet 16 upset over a one as a four or five. I feel like this year, I feel like that'll be one of the easiest, one of the easier ones, depending on who their one seed is. But I feel like for the rest of it, I would definitely uh, have to agree with you there. I'd maybe, uh, actually, no, I would not. I was about to say UConn, but I don't know about that. I know that you, you got you, you other two in this, uh, in this zoom have some disagreements with. No, and I'll go ahead and list mine. I don't really have a lot of disagreements with yours, honestly. I think it's I think it's pretty solid. Um, I agree with the Arizona fringe. I'm just gonna go ahead and list mine. I have Arizona, Auburn, Gonzaga, Duke, Kentucky, Texas Tech, Arkansas, Villanova, Purdue, Illinois, and then Texas. Um, Slim, I'm actually gonna say something here that's gonna make you. Uh, a little happy, most likely. Um, I would uh, – it's going to be bold saying this. Can't believe I'm saying this, especially after last week's uh, disrespect, per se, to this team in our draft. But um, I would say before Purdue, the Wisconsin Badgers at this point. And hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. This Wisconsin team 
I'm not they're obviously towards the bottom of my favorites, probably like bottom of the top 15. But this Johnny Davis, the more I watch him, look at him, I've been looking at him on YouTube a little bit more recently. And this he just brings so much this table to this Wisconsin team. I feel like he has March like flowing through his veins when I watch him play. And I feel like he's the kind of star that Wisconsin needs to propel them to a potential elite eight run, which I feel like is the realistic ceiling. But I feel like that is higher than Purdue. So, Will, obviously I knew you were going to dive into why Wisconsin will be one of the teams that you can see winning the championship. And I I just wanted to touch on that first. I want to say something. Did you just say Wisconsin has a higher ceiling than Purdue? Uh, They do, but the the ceilings were low there. Purdue's ceiling is not the Purdue's realistic ceiling is not the Sweet Sixteen. I would I would say they have the same ceiling. I would say they both have an elite eight ceiling realistically. I don't I don't know if either of them will reach that. But if I had to pick one to do it, I would pick Wisconsin just because of Purdue's inconsistent. Uh, oh, I guess Purdue's knack of getting upset in the first round in recent years. And Wisconsin seems to be a pretty solid tournament team pretty often. I just remember a few years ago I was in Meff's basement. Uh, shell-shocked after they beat Villanova in the second round as an eight seed. So um, history on, brings me to liking Wisconsin over Purdue and just, uh, yeah, I like, I mean, I'm they're, not, too, I'm not what, as low on Wisconsin as I was last week. When, when you're saying um, in the past, like few years, how many years are you saying for upsets in the first round? Well, I don't know if there's an exact date, but we both know the games that I'm talking about. I have. And you don't really. You haven't. You haven't seen any other team. I feel like I can't really think of any other teams that have, you know, received that shock. I got that, North like Texas, and then the last time Little before Rock. that was Little Rock, which was 2015. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a comparison real quick, and this is a generous comparison to Wisconsin, to be honest, because this team last year uh, was a one man show, not a whole lot of talent, not a highly acclaimed coach. Um, in a team that was severely underseeded, does that sound like Wisconsin this year? No, severely underseeded. They have players. I mean, you got to stop ignoring it. Okay, I'm not going to. I'm not going to let you answer this. I'm not going to let you answer this question because you, 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 your bias is going to set in here. Um, but you two, do you agree with me? A team that ha- is a one-man show, basically, essentially. Um, you know, there's a few other. There's a couple other guys that can put up 20, 20 if they need to. Um, but other than that, you know, other than the, the, the entirety of the roster is not very talented. Um, and then all those, those other characteristics I listed. Do you know what I mean, I'm talking about? Go ahead and say Oklahoma State. The problem with mm-hmm. a team like Wisconsin, a team that I would label as a one-man show and – um, some of you guys might agree with me there um, is if, if remember last year, Cade Cunningham did not play well against Oregon state. And guess what? They're gone. Just like that. A team that was a perennial final four contender mm-hmm. gone just like that. When their star doesn't play well, Wisconsin has incredibly high potential for that to happen this year, because it's not just like it's, it's, it's almost not even comparable to Oklahoma state because Wisconsin's offense is significantly worse, and 
Johnny Davis isn't like the number one overall prospect like Cunningham was, but that just shows like if you're, if your best player is off, then you can go down at any given, any given moment. And um, I feel like that's a pretty valid comparison. I, I completely agree. Cause if you get the Johnny Davis that, that um, was in the, let me find it. The Johnny Davis in the Illinois game, he still dropped 22, but he, he was 5-19, and 19, and the next game followed up 2 of 13. And then just a few games ago against Minnesota, even though they won 3 of 9 for 12 points. If that Johnny Davis shows up, uh, Wisconsin's a first-round exit. But I, will he show up like that? I Probably not, but it, he definitely could. Listen, listen. There were so much things I could not bear with that. First things first. Yeah, obviously, Kate Cunningham is a better NBA prospect. Let me get that straight first things first. But in college basketball, like a standpoint there, and the fact that you called this comparison generous makes no sense. Wisconsin this year is better than what Oklahoma State was last year. No, no, they what were are not. You? No, no, whoa. whoa, 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 whoa. What are you saying? They were, they were a four seed. We're a three seed right now. We're better. Yeah, they, they were, they were a four show. seed. They were a four seed that should have been a two seed and played in the best conference in the country by far last year. By far. Should not have been a two seed. That's a bunch of – that's a load. No. And they lost in the round of 32 to Oregon State, which isn't – wasn't horrible considering their run. But, hey, listen, I need to make my comparison from the Stars' perspective here. Cade Cunningham, obviously better NBA prospect, but he could not score – from the places that Johnny Davis is scoring right now. He was not scoring as well. When you have as good of a score as Johnny Davis, the, the, the sky's the limit there. And I understand you probably touched that there, but to compare the two teams having that star that like when they're off, it's just not going to go well. Like, I feel like you guys aren't watching this Wisconsin team. I mean, they, they got guys. I mean, we watch every game because you don't stop texting during it. So we do watch the games. Okay, thank you for that. And here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. Here's the problem with Johnny Davis. As I don't see him. Yes, he's a phenomenal scorer. I don't see him as a guy that is going to put on a, uh, just a thirty point game and like with like I'm talking like eight threes or something like that. Like an insane game. The Willis team. I know he's gonna score, but I don't see him as a. He's shooting like thirty three percent from three. That's gonna be rough in March if that team is down. I don't see him as a Cam Thomas, Carson Edwards, S or Max Asmus, um, S score in March. Listen, that only gets better in March. You, you guys want to take a fly at how talented this Wisconsin team is? How many top 100 guys do you think they have? Oh my God, what are we doing? It does not matter how how what your high school recruits are. They 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 got the they got the best player in the country. Johnny Davis. No, no, they don't. They, Keegan, they don't Murray Keegan, Keegan Murray is. Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray goes to Iowa. He's not even the best player in the Big Ten, buddy. Keegan oh Murray goes to God. Iowa. Keegan Y'all Murray literally just has like dude. better stats in every category. Keegan almost. Murray, I'm pretty okay. sure, has like 24 and 20 right now. As we're you, listen, you, you like to highlight how Wisconsin has nothing outside of Johnny Davis. Okay. Keegan Murray has nothing. Oh, Jordan Bohannon at, 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 Ohio, at Iowa. Sorry. At Iowa. And, and look whose team is far better. Iowa has one quad one win compared to Wisconsin, who has seven. Wisconsin beat them by like 12. 
We're not comparing yeah, teams. We're just comparing players. We're just comparing well, players. Well, yes, but you say, but you guys love to bring up the point how they're both one-man teams, how they're one-man shows with teams that have one guy that can get it done. Well, look whose team is, is superior. I don't know if you believe that, Drew, from some odd odd reasoning, but whatever, whatever there. But there's a team that's clearly better and a guy who's clearly elevating his teams to win and a guy who has a, has a good team. They're definitely a top 25 team. But they can't beat anyone, and that's why they're going to go out probably first or second round. I, I just don't see Johnny Davis willing this team to anywhere past the Sweet 16. It's a one-man show. We'll see about that. Brad, 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 Davidson. Brad Davidson is certainly a good player. Um, he, As much as I think every Big Ten fan doesn't like him, he is good. But you can't look at me seriously and tell me that guy is going to drop 25 in March against you. Well, listen, he's the most experienced player going into the tournament, so he's going to have more experience than everyone else. What experience does this Wisconsin team Big have? Deal. What experience does he have? Dude, he's in the round of 32. Year. Yeah, Dude, you're he's saying, been through so much runs. I think he was probably a, he was probably a part of the so much runs. Run. So so sweet 16 run. Who's to say he won't get who's to say sure. he won't get thrown out of the first half of the round of Guess what? Games. This the, Guess what? Let's, let's not forget. Probably played the most tournament games out of everyone in the tournament. This Wisconsin hasn't so gone anywhere. You're you're it, saying it, experienced in March, but Wisconsin has not gone anywhere. This Purdue team has more experience. Yeah, than Wisconsin. Dave, Dave, whether you like that or not, Davidson's played in six tournament games, one per year. <laughs> Listen, and that's not true. But uh, Travion Williams has is like the ex- only guy in Purdue on on on, on Purdue that has experience, and he doesn't even have more experience. Purdue, they're, they're high. They he has going, more experience they, going further. Wisconsin has gone out round one, one time in Brad Davidson's tenure. One time. So don't act same, like that. We same with Travion Williams. Round of 32 kind of team. Same with Travion Williams. Thank you very much. Travion Williams, same last year. Likes to lose to the main green. And I literally, and I literally just, I literally this is just so silly. I, I literally it's just like, said exactly what you just said. How many times have they gone out in the first round? And I answered the question and you then said, yeah, they lost in the first round. Like, yeah, I just said that. And I'm just making sure you know, this is, incredible. Yeah, oh, I know this is incredible. This is incredibly silly. This is silly. Why are we discussing our two teams or your two teams that you like? That is not the point of a sub, of an objective podcast. Well, well, obviously you can't come in here and, and indulge in on it because your boys, you know, you can't bring them into the condo. But whatever, whatever says goes. Okay, I'm just saying. I mean, we've been talking about this for the last ten minutes, and I'm sure no one wants to hear it. All right, after this whole debate, just to wrap things up, because I was the one who technically started it. I will say, um, after listening to you know both your sides. Wisconsin and Purdue going to this tournament, I see them as pretty equal, uh, pretty equal opportunities. Yeah. Let's ask they this both, to the. Let's ask this to the two IU fans. Who has the higher ceiling? Purdue, by far. Purdue, but Wisconsin's more realistically able to reach theirs, which is like just about the same. I think Purdue's ceiling is probably elite eight, and Wisconsin's is probably, probably sweet sixteen, around the thirty-two. Maybe 32, maybe. I would just, I would say they're both elite eight. I would just say they're both elite eight. Let let me let you know right now that everyone's feeling, and I was kind of going to get to this, but this this is veered off so much. 
in terms of like who our tournament teams or who are legit contenders, where I got to say right now, and I agree with you earlier, take out those 16 seeds, 15 and below all those teams, their ceiling is the national championship. And that's realistically, that is realistic right there. You know, no one higher than an, no one lower than an eight has ever won. Yeah, right? I, I, I'm I'm sorry, but I don't, I don't, care. I don't think I don't care. Uh, thirteen six, seeds gonna win at all. Six, six, six top, top six, all top six teams lost on Saturday. Well, oh, oh, okay, let's say who's our who's our sleeper team to win it all. I know we went over our realistic shot, but who's like your sleeper team kind of? I'll, I'll go first with mine, and I highlight them in my realistic shot to win. But I would still say they're a sleeper among people. I would go with Texas. As much as I hate the bringing up the um preseason rankings, they were ranked fifth to start preseason. They got the probably the best transfer portal player um in Marcus Carr. Maybe not the best, but the a stout defense experience coach that's been to the national championship. This seems good. I I like this team a lot. Although they, they they've been disappointing this they've been a They've been a better like UCLA from last year, if that makes sense. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll say my my biggest sleeper to win it all right now has got to be, and they played yesterday, the UConn Huskies. Like from a sleep on perspective here, this team is giving me so much vibes from that cardiac Kemba deal that they had going. And this is a team from top to bottom. They have the size, the big to get it done. And they obviously have the guard play to get it done. Listen, this is a UConn team. They are very, very well coached. And RJ Cole, my friend. This guy is nice. He is nice with it, my friends. And Sonogo, listen, I think this team is a great sleeper pick if you're talking about from a win it all perspective. And this is also a team that won it twice in the 2010s. Um, I will go, I was going to take Texas. I think Illinois. Um, and this, that's kind of, it's weird because they're not really a sleeper team, but this team can get so hot so quickly but they also just get after it on defense. And that's just such a great combo. I, I, I actually said this to a few people today and call it a hot take if you want, because the player I'm about to compare Alfonso Plummer to um, is, you know, was a transcendental player. But I think Illinois gains more impact from Alfonso Plummer than they do Io DeSumo. Absolutely. I do. I really do. I agree hold with on. that. Hold on I a agree second. With that what? 100%. What? Did you hear what I said? Did you just say that I, that Alfonso Plummer provides a bigger impact than I owe? I did. I, I, that, I, that I, I I'm backing him up here. I'm backing That's him up absurd. here. That's absurd. No, it's not no, absurd. He is correct. It's not absurd. Whether you like it or not, I, I, I do believe this, um, actually, this Illinois team. Maybe not better than last year, but they are they're right there. Alfonso Plummer obviously was on the team last year. I, I agree with you, Matt, 100% there. How, 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 whoa, how, how, how much better? And H-Wolf anymore, bro. How, much, how much better is Io than 
Curbelo at their peaks. You know, the one, the one thing, and Curbelo absolutely could have manned the ship last year and been totally fine. The one thing they consistently lacked was a guy who could both create and hit a ton of shots. And certainly they have plenty of those guys, but Alfonso Plummer has been incredibly impactful for this team. And I would, I would say last year, that one seed team, if they had Plummer over Io with Curbelo playing as well he, as he was, that they, they would have beat Loyola Chicago. They would probably would have been in the final four. There's, there's not a, absurd. No, there's oh not God. a better contested three point shooter. Maybe not even, maybe just, just single handedly three point shooter than Alf- Alfonso Plummer in college basketball. The shots he makes with the, the people, like the tight coverage on him is insane. Yeah, cool. But uh, the Curbelo point earlier as well, how he could have led the ship. Listen, Curbelo is one of the most talented players I've seen in college basketball but he is reckless. That guy, he is a turnover machine and he gets crazy with the ball. I understand how talented he is, but he, but he screams, throw the ball to the other team, game winning dunk, something like that. And he's also injured literally all the time. That did happen this year. Plumber is shooting 42% from three on seven, seven and a half attempts a game. That that's absurd. All right, I think uh, Slim's uh, a little speechless after those stats from Plummer there. So uh, I'm going to dive into my – Putting my charger on. Well, uh, while Slim puts his charger on, I'm just going to drop my sleep real quick because I don't got a long explanation for them because these guys have pretty much covered the uh, most likely sleepers. But uh, I'll just throw in the little possibility for the USC Trojans. Uh, You know, Boogie – uh, Boogie Ellis, Isaiah Mobley, I feel like the those two, uh, they've got like that star-powered duo that can propel this team to make uh, some sort of run as, you know, whatever seed they end up, five, maybe six. Um, yeah, that's really all I got for them because obviously before that I would totally take, you know, Texas uh, and Illinois for sure, even UConn. Uh, yeah, listen there, but Boogie Ellis, I don't trust him tournament time, but I know there's a guy, you know, I trust Drew Pearson. Give the ball to this guy. You know, he lets the game come to him and he'll yeah, hit. Sure. I didn't, when yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, that's honestly a pretty solid big three going into March. I'm sorry, but he's, he's too scrawny and white to lead the team to the national championship. He's not going to be the leader though. No way. Drew, Drew Peterson's a guy. And, and, Drew, and Peter, Drew Peterson of, is a phenomenal third option. And leader in terms of like the his play, but I think he is all he's clearly a leader on the court. I mean, he's a high energy guy, and and I and I love the pick from Drew. Honestly, I mean, this is a team. And I told this to Drew in class. This is a team that gives me a vibe that I cannot explain. It's one of the weirdest vibes I've ever gotten from watching a sports team, and and, and I think I kind of got this vibe when I was watching the USC UCLA game. It was kind of the Showtime LA, you know this, you know. Reality is it's just very I can't, it's unexplainable. I, I can't explain it. And, and and that vibe is kind of gonna it's gonna lead me to be picking them to go very far in the tournament. I can't believe you just said Boogie Ellis doesn't give you like March vibes. That dude gives me all the March vibes in the world. You guys Boogie, yes, has, I, me, Boogie like, has ice brick, in his veins. Vibes. You guys are facetious me. if you think they have any ch- any chance. 
to make. No, it. I don't. I, I picked them in our draft last episode, but obviously they're not winning. They're, I wouldn't even pick them as a sleeper team to win it all. They're, they're not going final. I'm not four. really at the, at this point, I'm not really saying they were a sleep. They're a sleeper to win it all. Yeah, no, I agree. We took like, I see them. I see them as a potential, dare I say, final four sleeper potentially. Last year, I had them as a six, and I didn't really watch much college basketball last year. I just fell off with both uh, levels of basketball, and I just got this weird vibe from USC. I think I had either that I had them and Gonzaga interchanging uh, in that Final Four, but I had that Elite Eight matchup, which did end up happening. I, and I get I get very similar vibes from USC this year, if not better. I had that also, but they also lost their best player in Evan Mobley, so. And they got and yeah, they replaced him with another be experienced, and he is going to obviously have his brother's attributes in this tournament, and he's going to use them just like the Jordan young Davis. One, the young soldier That's Jordan correct. Davis is going to have those uh attributes. Yep, Jordan Davis next year. Watch out, talk about back to back winning award winners. Davis brothers might do that. What if we did a segment right now and it was. Not, I think we should make trades. No, not not necessarily sports related. Um, but what if we did like? I like, have that above my bed. We like talked about our like ourselves and our some of our our boldest sports opinions, along with like just like who we are as people. Because I mean, we've introduced ourselves, but we haven't, you know, really introduced ourselves to to the people, especially the people who don't know us. You know. Okay. Um, Sam Efford, the only junior in the group. You know, I, I was thrilled when I got added to the uh, – at the time it was the football political discussions group chat, and it still is, although it needs changed. Um, it will never be changed. It needs changed. That is my first hot take. Um, but, you know, I've been an avid sports fan my whole life, uh, you know, and that rose to the level of starting my own podcast a, a year and a half ago with – a couple of my buddies, um, one of it, which is the son of the Elon head coach, Mike Shroggy. Um, shout out Andrew, if you're, if you're listening, but, um, you know, we, we took it pretty seriously. Uh, unfortunately we all got really busy and there was some, you know, priority stuff that just didn't really work out. Um, so we had to stop doing that, but you know, sports is such a passion that it rose to that level. Um, and obviously it's one of those things that, I purely enjoy to watch, um, but I play golf at the high school. Um, you know, golf is really fun. I play basketball in the past, a lot of other sports. You know, watching sports is pretty great. Um, Tennessee Titans fan. We haven't talked any NFL, but I, I'm from Nashville, and the Titans uh, part they're a part of my a part of my personality. If you if you know me, you would know that a lot of what I talk about is relating to the Titans, and a lot of my Sunday travels include going to Nashville to watch games. Um, college, college basketball is primarily um, the Indiana Hoosiers with a, with a sprinkle of the Louisiana State Tigers. Um, and then college football is kind of the other way around. It's a lot of LSU and a little bit of IU sprinkled in there. Um, the NBA, I've, I was a huge Pacers fan, but I got frustrated with their lack of, um, lack of, how, how would you say this? Um, lack of vision and not 
willing enough, willing to blow it up soon enough. So I kind of stopped rooting for them. But since the trade, the Buddy trade, the Buddy and Halliburton trade, I've kind of gotten back into it. Um, and then baseball, the St. Louis Cardinals got some family ties. Shout out baby Keen um, with them. So, you know, just some other stuff. Favorite rapper right now is probably, you know, Drake's the one. I've been vibing a lot to some throwback Kendrick and Kanye, uh, two, two of the most cherishable guys in, in the game. Um, and my hottest sports take is that, wow, that, you know what, why don't you guys kind of go do what I did and then we'll each give one of our hottest sports takes. Okay. All right. I'll step in here. My name is Will Irwin. I'm a father of four. I, um, you know, really pride myself as a man who, you know, has direction <laughs> and course with what I with what I say, and, I, and I'm confident in everything I do. I, I also go to Westfield High School. We all do. I'm a sophomore. Grade 10, I play football, and I play track. Um, my sports teams, you, you know, it's pretty simple. The Indianapolis Colts, the Indiana Pacers, the Cincinnati Reds, the Columbus Blue Jackets, <laughs> the Wisconsin Badgers, and uh, as Mefford said, a little bit of the Purdue Boilermakers sprinkled in there for my sports teams. And yeah, that, that's me. All right, I'll, I'll step it up. I'm uh, Austin Brooks. Um, I'm a sophomore. I'm the youngest of the group by a long shot. Um, my sports teams, um, the Colts. you have any kids? Um, yeah, a bunch of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Colts fan, um, Bulls fan, just some family ties in there to uh, the Bulls. Um, a diehard Purdue fan. I don't think you'll ever meet a guy more diehard than me. Um, uh, the Baltimore Orioles, um, 2026 World Series champs, right there. Um, and the Vancouver Canucks, absolutely no reasoning behind it. You know, this past uh, NHL offseason, I was just looking for a new team to start watching some hockey. And while I haven't watched a single game of hockey, I chose the Canucks. Um, I played school baseball last year, played the whopping 10 innings. But unfortunately, in the um, travel season, I had to uh, get a little surgery done on my elbow and I quit. I didn't quit. I uh, I I hung up the cleats. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I got about me. All right. All right, guys. Uh, I'm Drew. I am the uh, other sophomore in the group. Um, I play football, baseball. Uh, I'd like to consider myself a uh, lock for the Rec Basketball Hall of Fame all across the entire globe. Uh, multiple time uh, AP uh, all first team across my leagues, uh, my tenure. Since uh, kindergarten, I actually played my first ever basketball team with Sam's sister uh, in a co-ed league. And um, 
my favorite teams consist of being a diehard uh, Indianapolis Colts fan uh, for my entire life, as well as uh, the Pacers. I faded away from the Pacers, but that it's not just a Pacers thing. It's an NBA thing. Um, I'm not as in tune with that as I used to be. I used to be, you know, a know-it-all with uh, all of it, but NBA sort of faded out. But the Pacers, I'm getting very excited by uh, what this front office has been doing for them. Shout out Trey and his father. Uh, the GM um, future's looking bright uh, in Naptown uh, MLB Cincinnati Reds. Uh, no reason besides them just being the closest team to where I live. So uh, most successful games I've been to about five, five, maybe six games down there. And uh, when it comes to colleges, my two teams, uh, uh, I like IU because my uh, mom went there. So, you know, it's sort of just like a family obligation. And then um, I was the only uh, member of my family who adopted the Georgia Bulldogs from my uncle. So um, due to that uh, January 10th, greatest night of my life, got to experience that with uh, Austin and Will um, down in Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, Stetson Bennett uh, snubbed from the Heisman, but you know what? He got the last laugh for us. Um, But I will say Georgia is um, the second uh, of my favorite teams to ever win since I started watching sports because uh, based on my first uh, NHL 11, I would say game I ever played a uh, Pittsburgh Penguins are my NHL team, uh, regardless of how little I watched that. And uh, I also uh, have a little knowledge on professional wrestling. I wouldn't even say a little, I've got a, uh-huh. quite a bit. I've got quite a bit in there from past years, especially. So uh, yeah, that's me. Hottest sports take. Oh, man. I got a couple. Oh, okay, I got, I got to think of mine. Yeah, it takes some, takes some time, to be fair. Um, one, live sports is – sorry. whoa, excuse me. Um, live golf – golf on TV is a top four sport to watch in the big tournaments. Um, two, the only way to maximize the fun of the college football playoff would be to increase it to 24 teams, which sounds like a lot, but if you think about it from a college basketball perspective, and certainly the two, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to compare the two because of rest and stuff required, but about 20% or so of college basketball teams make the tournament. So why not about 20% make the college football playoff? Why not get rid of bowls, meaningless bowl games? It'd be fun. And it would lead to more um, opportunity for lower programs to recruit better because players are more willing to go outside of their comfort zone. Um, and then I had one more. I forgot about it. So if anyone has anything to add, go ahead. Hold up. Don't don't eliminate bowl games. Although, yes, they are getting less meaningful. They are so, – some games are just so fun to watch. I was at the uh, Purdue-Tennessee Music City Bowl. Oh, that game – that game was insane. Well, 24-team uh, playoff would not remove that Tennessee-Purdue game. So I don't think you have anything to worry about there. Tennessee fans would argue they uh, should have been in it probably, but just imagine like the bubble for the college football playoff. 
bubble playoff game that has to be played another week in advance just to give them enough time to rest and prepare. It's an interesting dynamic. I say we just bring it uh, here to Northern Indiana and bring it to Grand Park, okay? Got three fields. Northern Indiana? Grand Park is not in Northern Indiana, but. It is, actually. It's just just north of Central Indiana. Grand Park is Central Indiana. If we're talking. If we are talking north of Indianapolis, which is what most people, you know. No, no, northern Indiana. We're talking the three like, three one seven is central Indiana. Yeah, buddy. Right. We're, right, we're talking like Gary, Indiana is northern Indiana. Okay. Uh, you, my, you guys get the memo. My my how the sports take is there is no like better professional um like professional sports like experience than just sitting outside for a nice baseball game. I mean, just sitting back, crack open the thing of peanuts. It's There's nothing better than it. Nothing better than it. And then my next thing is there's no better professional playoffs that will give you more goosebumps than the MLB playoffs. I 100% agree that's with right. that. That's right. MLB that. playoffs are on another level. Yeah, goosebumps. That's, that's facts. I don't. I don't even know. That's not even a hot take. I just had to throw that in there. He, he professional. said professional. March Madness is obviously close. Oh, but um, I agree with that. For my uh, take, I'm take is uh, the NBA has totally just fallen off the face of uh, interest. I'm trying to get back into it, but uh, just seeing today the headline that DeAndre Jordan has been cut by the Lakers, like these guys. Guys like that come to mind are like DeAndre Jordan, Tristan Thompson, Paul Millsap. These teams, these guys, just like guys that used to be, you know, solid players that we used to watch back in the day. Look, see their highlights come up on Sports Center before school in the morning. It's just sad seeing these teams jump from big market to big market, looking to make their run. And I did watch the entirety of the NBA Finals last year because that was awesome seeing teams like Phoenix and Milwaukee. Um, battle out for like two teams that no one dislikes uh battle it out for the top spot without having any real you know crazy star power moves coming i mean obviously obviously chris paul but it's not like people said oh chris paul you know ring chaser going down to phoenix like that was not on anyone's mind going into there so i would say the nba is not even a top five sport college or professional anymore because I can name five easily. You're you're saying you can name five leagues better than the NBA? College football, NFL, college basketball, MLB. Um, you could college argue baseball. PG, college baseball easily. Those five. You could also okay, argue, okay, you, no, stop you right now. Also, will hey, will stop right now. You could also you could also argue you could also argue PGA. PGA is like, better. NBA oh. is a joke. NBA is will. just awful, dude. Please, this God. summer, this summer, will please just watch I, I the college baseball World Series. I watch it every year. It is incredible. I watch it, I watch it you clearly year. don't. You clearly don't. I, because no, I do. Is, I do watch it. It is year. incredible. I do. And and what's it called? NC State got completely robbed. Shows that it's complete BS. Listen to this. And that's that the only thing absurd. you can mention. That is absurd. Oh, I watch it every year. It's it's cool. Okay. To say it's better than the NBA, that, that is that is remarkable. That is history. Uh, I don't think there is anyone else in the face of, of the earth that makes that cool for you guys. It's your opinion, but I, I, I think that's completely absurd. That's you, too far. You don't um, see guys like a – It's also better than the MLB. Um, I, I would rank it fourth. 
you don't see guys like uh, Tommy Tanks, like the equivalent to that in the uh, NBA. Obviously, talking about the North Carolina State guy that has nine home runs in eight games. The, the excitement that college baseball brings is M- NBA doesn't even match it. That's that's absurd. Uh, that's an Facts. opinion. Though. That's just so. Yeah, I can't. I can't disrespect. The, you know? the, the reason I'm I dissed on the NBA the is because right it's here. it's entirely market based now. Yeah. Oh, oh, Drew, I agree, but the same and I and as as being from Indiana, that just that just kills me. I mean, imagine imagine the NFL being just strictly ruled by the Rams, the 49ers, the Dolphins, like all these just teams from big cities, the Bears just shoving it down your throats every year signing some former NBA All-Star creating these teams of 33-year-olds that they think are going to win a championship. And that, and that being the headline, the problem is that that is the news for the NBA. Nobody talks about the fact that the Suns, the Jazz, the Grizzlies are running the West right now. All of it is talking about, oh, um, I feel bad for LeBron because the Lakers. the Lakers aren't performing well. He built that team himself and signed a bunch of old dudes thinking they were going to win a championship. It's pathetic what this league has come to just from the media alone. I'm saying, like, honestly, the NBA – would be a lot more interesting if they focused on these small market teams that have been building from the ground up and just making it on their own, as opposed to signing all these former stars and these teams like the Nets and Lakers making all the headlines when they aren't doing anything with these players. Watching the Bucks win was best for like, that was actually like entertaining to watch like Drew said earlier, because they did not just go out and sign every single player as a homegrown team right there. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. And Drew, to your point, 100% market-based league, the media really brings down the league. It's, it's really hard to, to sit, turn on ESPN and, and literally watching them talk about the Lakers, the Nets, the whole entire time. But here's the thing with the, market, with the market-based deal. You look at most of the bigger markets in the league, the, 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 the one that kind of brings in all the stars, like in terms of huge markets, is the Lakers, and they suck. All right. I think, yes, them getting all the attention hurts the league. But but for a second here, you could argue that if they are better at scheduling these national TV games, I understand it's for money. But for, from an entertainment value, who wouldn't want to see uh, like the Grizzlies Bulls on, on ESPN every time they play at TNT every time they play? Because that game the other night was insane. John Morant, that, that's entertaining. That is so entertaining, but they rarely ever talk about it. And, and, and it does hurt. Because back in the day, and it's not really biased to say this, because the Pacers, like 2014 runs, those teams, and I'm not just saying the Pacers, but the conference finals that one year, the Spurs, Grizzlies, Heat, Pacers. Those are all teams that are not in like absurdly big markets. Now, I know Miami is obviously a market in terms of weather and all that. Not a huge city, but, um, you know, the bigger cities, they haven't really been – thriving like new york knicks no lakers no chicago but chicago they've grown off of the draft and trades free agency with demar but demar was completely falling off so that was just a great signing the houston rockets terrible huge market phoenix suns are a big market but they are also completely grown from the draft and that that's where the uh, NBA falls like 
just the worst is they have the ability in an 82 game season to switch primetime games and they just they refuse to they refuse to do it like the nfl i understand it's harder to switch primetime games like i think we're all kind of tired of watching the eagles cowboys on sunday night football i i think that's a boring game personally um but the nba has 82 games usually a primetime game every night or two and their inability to switch it is the reason why it is not entertaining to watch because I don't really feel like spending 60 bucks just to watch my like my top three team in the East play instead of being able to watch them on ESPN like Lakers fans are something like that. Yeah, if, yeah. if, if these players don't care enough to play in every game, you know, dudes – consistently sitting out and <laughs> wills it's gotten better i the load management has gotten better actually. i'm just saying like if they don't care enough to consistently give full effort on defense and play all these games then why should we care to watch it you know especially the regular season like it's just a total it's just a it's a cluster that really means nothing and also the playoffs and this was actually a debate this past week in the chat the playoffs have kind of fallen off outside of the uh, finals and it, the finals should obviously be hyped up. But honestly, the playoffs are not really entertaining to watch. I don't think I watched a single, maybe like one or two playoff games outside of the finals last year. And that's just because I needed something to watch on TV. Listen, the playoffs last year, my eyes, and, and the NBA has clearly been killed by COVID. It has been killed by COVID. The last year – for them even to have, and I think fans are huge at sports and even watching from your home, they provide so much to the game. And for them to have, I mean, you couldn't even see the fans from the view. It was still super entertaining for me last year. But one flaw, it, it, it's just the continuously building up of, like, the Celtics, the Sixers, like, teams like that. that like, the Knicks. And, and yeah, the Knicks. I actually, I, I like it when the Knicks are good. But, like, the Celtics and Sixers, I am completely tired of. These, those are teams that are just – and we talk about aesthetically pleasing and stuff like that. Those teams are so unaesthetically pleasing. It is so annoying. Imagine an NBA where the Knicks, the Hawks, the Pacers are like the premier teams. That, that would just be phenomenal. It would be phenomenal. That, I, I, that's the thing. I hate seeing the like uh... – NBA primetime Saturday night Knicks Celtics like I don't want to watch that game that, that's not an entertaining game uh, the, the Celtics are good this year but nobody wants to watch Julius Randle drive and complain for fouls and that's another thing at least they started implementing a few FIBA rules but god the foul calls watching Trey Young play is the most like watching a player team is the most annoying thing ever because shots aren't even actual like shooting motions anymore but you can run into a guy on a screen and it can literally be like your own guy with the opponent trailing and you'll get the foul call even if you just chuck it up and it's not even close to the rim yeah the league is end up to what i said earlier covid has clearly killed this league covid completely made me disinterested in it but i've definitely been getting back into it definitely 
and watching more, and you know, it's still basketball. It, it is still definitely fun to watch. So that whole college baseball deal kind of was outrageous to me. But uh, you know, it's whatever there. You know, Chipotle uh, commercials on right now. Are we taking Chipotle or Qdoba? Qdoba. Neither. They suck and they're overrated. Chipotle easily for me. Qdoba's. Qdoba easily. Yeah, that's a place where like you go and like the last time I went there, I got like seven tacos. Tacos are overrated too. It's not that good. Slim, have you? You're not allowed to talk about food, dude. Like you're just not. I can talk about food because I'm very experienced with food, and I have probably tried eating like every food. You know, we got tacos, we got. I, I eat tacos every week. They're they're mid. We got some feedback from the one and only Joey Wolf on how he just can't stand for the B Dub slander. I mean, it, it's just getting ridiculous at this point. B Dub sucks, dude. What is good there? There there are wings plates, and their wings aren't good. The wings, the pickle chips, the no. the all the appetizers, no. honestly. No. There's so, you ever you ever had places. you ever had some uh, Parmesan garlic wings from B Dub, man? Yes. Have you? Have you now? I have. They're all right. Well, They're then you would understand good. that there's a good wing there. He's tried everything. They're all right. Not good. What What are some other food rivalries, like similar uh, similar stature places? Uh, Chick-fil-A and McDonald's. Huh? <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you the last time I had something from McDonald's. Nah, I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been months now. I McDonald's is so bad. Hey, I might make my uh, yearly trip to McDonald's this March to get the Shamrock Shake tradition. But, uh, that's that's really it for me going there, and and the Travis Scott burger. So now awesome, last, man. That, that, that had me going in there. Awesome. I gotta say, uh, McDonald's slander. Uh, I don't know if that should really be tolerated. I mean, McDonald's is just a go-to cheap place. Like, it's, no, it's all reliable. McDonald's oh, talk it about all reliable. I'll, I'll eat their fries. Food. I'll eat their fries, but other than that, it is it's horrible. It is horrible. You know, so you really can't you can't name any fast food restaurant that's real food, purely real food. Chick Fil A is pretty. I, I I I can name many fast food restaurants that are much more better than McDonald's. To start, you got Steak and Shake, Culver's. Oh, oh I got a good one. I got a good Portillo's one. down the street. Portillo, the Westfield Portillo's is not better than McDonald's. Are we taking <laughs> Jimmy John's? Westfield, Westfield Portillo's is as mid as it gets. Jimmy John's okay, or Subway? It's not, it's not great, but their shakes, Subway. Their shakes outplay McDonald's, everything they have. Oh, my God. Subway over Jimmy John's? Are you kidding me, dude? That's, uh, did someone just say that? Yeah, both if, of them. If Jimmy John's can't oh my eat my sandwich up, I don't want a piece of it. Oh, my God. Oh my no, I, I, I love the customizable features that Subway has, but I don't think you can really find a better sandwich on earth than the number five veto from Jimmy John's. I mean, if I had to eat one thing the rest of my life, it might be that. Hey, how about uh, Jersey Mike's? That's Never good. had it. Dude, their commercials look enticing. Firehouse Subs is the best. Uh, the only experience I have with Firehouse Subs really is on the uh, D.C. trip in eighth grade. We got them on the bus. and uh, does, I, does Penn Station I, count in this? Because Penn yeah. Station oh, wipes right. all of them easily. Eh, Penn Station, I think it's overpriced and honestly a little overrated in my own personal opinion. Dream TV crew. 
I need what I need, numbers? Like we need what's the what's the max? I need I need here's how we'll do it. And this is regardless of sports. So just three guys. You need one play by play, two analysts, and a sideline. Oh, this is so tough. God, I wish we could it would make no sense to have two play by plays, but oh I know who my sideline is. <laughs> I know who yours is. I'm going first. No, I'm going first. <laughs> I'm going first, dude. I'm we all know who first. it is. If you take hey, her, I'm first. going first. Hi, I got first. I'm top left of the screen here. I'm going first. Go ahead. Yeah. I got next. All right. All right, guys. So here is my crew. I feel like you're going to steal all four of my guys. All right, with, I got with, mine. With, with, with the play-by-play, we're going to go with the goat himself, Chris. I'm kidding. Uh, Sparrow DD. Sparrow DD is phenomenal. This guy's accent is insane. How is this guy not the number one on on the CBS crew? I I, I would die to see the, the like the national game on CBS, which I don't watch. I watch Red Zone, but like the biggest game having the Sparrow DD's crew much more. Instead of the uh the Tony Romo crew with Romo every five seconds saying Jim, oh, I don't know Jim. <laughs> I admit, I admit watching us, watching Sparrow and then just hearing out all of a sudden onions is one of the greatest things in college basketball. It is, but uh, and that will lead me to my color guys and my color guys. This is where I kind of get it into a different league here. And I'm going to go with, from the NBA, Jeff Van Gundy. Jeff Van Gundy is awesome. Listening to this guy just rant and rant and talk in his mind, I love it. He's always speaking the truth. Jeff Van Gundy's got to be there. And then I'm going to go with a guy who this is, this is going to be – I don't know how this is going to be taken. From the NFL, he's got his partner, Akib. Talib, Akib Talib brings the vibes. He, he speaks his mind too. He's just like Gus, Gus. You know, he he is awesome. Uh, his his analysis it's not the most fluid, but it's just super fun to listen to. And then my sideline reporter is gonna have to be uh, Molly McGrath of ESPN. <laughs> and that's it for me. Oh God, I wanted to go first. Bad. Uh... I knew you would take that. For All right, me. here I'll, I'll uh, go ahead and go. No, I, I got it. I got it. No, no. Okay, fine, fine. Okay, play by play. This this was a tough debate. You know, you can go with the obvious. You can go Gus Johnson here. Carl Ravitch is up there. He's so dynamic. I'm gonna go with a guy that every time I turn on the broadcast and he's calling the game, it's just no, like no, he just encapsulates is. me. No, Mr. Jason Benetti. No, no, Jason Benetti, no. Jason Benetti, the fish eyed stud, the great, not maybe not the greatest, but one of the gr- best play by play announcers of all there time. is of all, uh, of all time. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely, that's why I wanted to go because I knew you're going to take them. Um, and then we go, we. <laughs> <laughs> there's a Just lot of listen. There's He's a lot of interlapping. Purdue, Purdue, Wisconsin tomorrow. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Um, and then these two, you, you know, there's just so much interlap with this. Um, I'm gonna p- 
for the rest, let's just, I'm going to clarify now. I would have picked Molly McGrath, like far and away. She probably would have been first overall pick. Um, so I'll pick a different person just so we don't repeat. But my two, my two uh, Keller guys, one, probably the, the hardest worker out of anyone who does it. Uh, you know, a guy that you just are eager to listen to, not, not only because you understand the significance of the game, but just a guy that, you know, has a deep, deeper understanding of what's going on. But Kirk Herbstreet, um, there's, there's no complaints with Kirk Herbstreet. Second, different sport, same, uh, same level, college basketball. A guy that I also just really enjoy listening to. Uh, and he just has, kind of has a way with words that is uh, very enticing. Uh, Jimmy Dykes. Okay. That's... Jimmy Dykes of the SEC. Uh, those are my two guys. Um, and then if we go sideline, um, like I said, Molly was a clear pick, but I'm going to go Aaron Andrews. Just why not? You know, she, she had the big interview with Richard Sherman and ever since then, it's just been awesome. But another, another front runner would be, and she doesn't do it as much, but Carissa, Carissa Thompson is really solid too. All right. I'll go, I'll go ahead and I'll follow this up. Um, Jason Bonetti was my first play by play there. I don't think I'd rather have another guy call, uh, calling a college basketball game than listening to Jason Bonetti, but I'm going to go with, and this is a, not a household name. I'm going to go with Adam, the men. Um, he, as a bulls fan, he commentates the bulls games play by play. Oh my gosh. He is just his um, chemistry with who my um, next color guy is going to be is uh, Stacy King. Also, that I have no more fun outside of listening to um Benetti Hummel games on ESPN than listening to a men and um Stacy King just commentate. If you if you ever see a game on NBC Sports Chicago, just tune into it. So, so fun to watch. And then with my second um color guy, I'm gonna go with Robbie Hummel. Um, the chemistry with Benetti, I've and I see it all the time on Twitter. It's Bonetti and Hummel becoming one of the best um, commentating duos. Does anyone else agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I see some. Yeah, all right. And then with my, um, he's a Purdue guy. Um, and then with my sideline reporter, I'm gonna go with a classic. Just before I go to um, bed in elementary school on a Sunday night, Michelle Tafoya, um, just uh, brings back all the memories. Um, great at what she does. Oh, that that that's the dream commentating crew right there. Amen, King, Adam Amen, Stacy King, Robbie Hummel, and Michelle Tafoya. Woo! Our, uh, balls in my court now. I feel like I feel like Drew um, kind of gets the shaft going last here. Um, I only one of my only one of my uh picks has been taken. Um. I would have gone Gus Johnson, uh, but uh, I'm going to go with another uh, legend. Uh, give me Breen out here. Uh, definitely taking Breen for play-by-play. You know, classic bang. Can't, can't get enough of it. Uh, I feel like he'll hold down that role just as well as Gus would have. And then, all right, here, here's where things get interesting. All right? Um, so, I was thinking here, my first – my first uh, color guy is going to be Pat McAfee, Elite Energy. If you've ever listened to one of his podcasts, I had to do it for a communications project. Uh, this man 
has all the tools to keep you entertained with his voice. He's, he's witty, uh, charismatic, and he knows what he's talking about. Um, and then second, all right, my other color guy. I figured I wanted to go out of the box here. Um, this is where uh, I find things fun. Um, I thought about doing Shaq, all right? I thought about doing Shaq, you know. It's a funny TV personality, but I figured – you know, we're just going to go, we're going to go totally out of the box. We're not going to go with a, a guy who's, you know, a sports analyst as his profession currently. Um, give me Will Farrell alongside Pat McAfee as the color analyst because Pat will just be relentless towards Will Farrell. And I feel like um, just the, the vibe that we would get from an uncomfortable Will Farrell not being able to take uh, Pat McAfee's criticism on his takes uh, would just be a sight to see. You could also go Stephen A. Smith alongside Farrell because Will Farrell's awkwardness would just bring a hilarious vibe to uh, this uh, dream cast here. The main reason I'm saying this is because I'm thinking of his uh, The Other Guy's persona. You've ever seen that movie? Classic Will Farrell performance there. But uh, give me McAfee just being totally relentless with energy. And then Will Farrell being his nerdy little self, getting shut down every few seconds by Pat. And then uh, for the I can't, I mean sideline reporter, um, I'm not, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with uh, Rachel Demita from 2K TV from back in the day. She knows what she's talking about. Yeah, I, I just gotta come in here because I, I incredibly messed up on mine by taking a Keith Talib over RG3, dude. RG3s. Color commentate, color commentating in the CFB games, like the, the 4 p.m. games on, on ESPN. It's so entertaining. This dude is hilarious, uh, a perfect dude. I forget who he's with in the crew there, but he is phenomenal. I would love to see him at the NFL level too. Like on Monday Night Football, It'd be awesome. I think one of the guys. I think one of the guys snubbed here is Chris Fowler. I mean, that dude is. I've seen some takes out there that says he is better at college football than Gus Johnson. And I think it's very close. Um, Chris Fowler is great with Kirk Herbstreet. I, Dude, I have he's the, nowhere near Gus. No, I, I didn't say, I didn't say it was, but I've seen some takes out there saying that he was Chris Fowler. I'm um, watching. Obviously I, I was at the game this year, but watching him on the national championship, that is entertaining stuff right there. I have the uh, Keely Ringo. Like, take when he got the uh, game winning or game ceiling pick six, like, yeah. or um, Devontae or sideline touchdown, Alabama wins it. Like, all right, against Georgia, the first meeting, but hear me out here, Austin. All right, back to my perfect dreamcast almost. Just imagine here in the site of like, you know, a, a good old uh, the shot game seven of these conference finals, DeRozan. Puts up the three, and it's in. The inbound by Terry Taylor to Tyrese Halliburton. Takes it up the court. This is it out to Chris Duarte. Duarte for the win. Bang! Bang! As McAfee just can't stop going absolutely crazy, freaking out as the city of Indianapolis has done it. And he looks down on the sidelines, and Hot Rod himself is there for the brand. Everyone's happy. What what could you ask for? I'm just saying, Chris Chris Fowler's got nothing on that. No, but Chris Fowler also, is a good commentator. He's good. He's phenomenal. Nowhere near Gus, though. 
And, and I also like to add an announcer that um this is not to my crew, but it's to the announcer dungeon, and that is Joe Buck, folks. I I mean, tell me how much time the game. You hear, you hear All right, that's Stop uh it. that's gonna be it Prescott for tonight throws, on the SPD podcast. Throw, uh, throw Jay Billis in there too. The pass is caught at the <laughs> thirty yard line. CD Lamb, Oklahoma. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss uh and there's the hall and here's the Hall of Famer Troy Aikman. I'm gonna miss that. Throw throw Jay Billis in there. Well not, and that's a foul, folks. Like I don't <laughs> think there's anything beyond of that being a reach and foul. I mean you the, can't make that contact right there. The officiating this year is just is is not on the level that college basketball needs it to be on. He spends more time talking about the offici- officiating during the game than he does about the actual game. He's a he's a fool. We also can't forget, uh, in my opinion, the GOAT. He, he's not the best, but he's the greatest of all time. He has the best, like, uh, status. All these guys. Uh, Dickie V. We can't, we can't forget just Dickie V, you know, on color. Uh, if I could have a third option, I'd throw him in there probably. I feel like him and Pat would get along very well. That was fun. I mean, it was sort of off the rails, but. So we need to be more off the rails if we want to become famous. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to have to end it here. I think so too. Folks, thank you for listening. The SPD pod concludes today. Uh, I want to, everyone give a shout out, just a a shout out. It can be anyone. Um, I want to shout out Carson Kessler because I know he's listening. I feel like I feel like I feel like Kess would appreciate the conversation we had today, and he uh, he, he he's disrespected in the fact that a lot of people claim that his CFFL championship was false. But Carson, I truly which it I, was. I, I, I truly I, I truly respect your your championship there. You put a had a great. I, I don't. Me and Kess have the same amount of real titles. Kess, just... have a good one. You guys got any shout outs? I want to shout out uh, Brett Wolf. Um, really, no reasoning, just a great guy. Awesome. Brought the brought the CFL to existence. Fair. And it's the first ever um, commissioner slash team owner um, to ever win a championship for another member of the uh, league. Shout out Preston. <laughs> Uh, yeah, actually, uh, that's going to be my shout-out. Now I think about it. Uh, shout-out Preston Tam for uh, having my father draft his team back in way back in the day, first grade, and uh, winning the CFL championship <laughs> without ever changing his lineup. Uh, props to you on that. Uh, I'm impressed. Uh, okay, my shout-out is going to be Jim Ursay. And, and Jim Ursay, for the whole Colts community, I think he stands out uh, to the militias and the, the mafias of the world. Um, this guy liking stuff on Twitter about Russell Wilson and Rogers. It's just, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful to me to see a guy stepping up, a guy who clearly wants to win a Super Bowl. And hey, let's go get Russ. Let's go get another receiver and let's, let's, let's take it to AZ next year and, and do know, this I, thing. I also think it's blasphemous that we're not going to shout out Joey Wolf. I mean, this dude is texting in the fantasy league. Wow, he's listening to the episode. That's real dedication, right? That is there. dedication. The Wolf family. Yeah, that is what we love to tonight. see. The Wolf, the Wolf family just has done a great job. Well, I'm a and you, you, yeah. got, you got to throw Ann Wolf in there also. 
Because yeah, uh, one last shout out. Drew to and John. Joey wouldn't be shouting us out. John Morant on a career high tonight at fifty-two. All right, guys. Uh, that's gonna do it for tonight's podcast. I'm gonna send us off with our first ever uh, outro music for tonight. Uh, leave us some feedback on how you like it. But uh, thank you for listening, and I uh, hope you all enjoyed our uh, most unorthodox podcast yet. Oh, Meth, what you got for me? I was just telling everyone to mute so that we could enhance the audio. Oh, all right. All right. Uh, once again, uh, thank you guys for watching and uh, have a great rest of your day.